0: Amen. If you turn your Bibles, please to the book of Luke, the book of Luke, uh, chapter six. This will be the last of uh, six weeks that we have spent in this chapter talking about uh, talking about his sermon there uh, on the plane, uh, training uh, his disciples. And we've learned uh, all kind of good things. But uh, this morning, scripture reminded me of a time about I guess it's a little over ten years ago when uh, I was serving as a time of uh, interim there at, uh, at Gallman. And uh, we were in a, a position where we needed to, uh, to build a new uh, church building. We had to tear uh, the old one down because of the condition that it uh, had gotten in. And so we were in a position of needing to build a new sanctuary. And there's a, there's a difference between, uh, you know, needing, I mean, having, uh, needing to build a sanctuary because, uh, you know, tents is great and the old ones uh, just done got too small and where you are in a position where you, you have to, you know, you have to replace it. And so it was a bit of a struggle for us to, uh, to get the funds together, and uh, things were kind of going slow. We had a bit of, bit of money, but we were a long way from where we needed to be. And uh, so we finally had come to the decision that we were going to take the money uh, that we had, and we would just go ahead and put up the, uh, the metal building structure, and then we would just work as we could, doing what we can to, uh, to build the inside And so I knew that we were uh, working with uh, limited resources, and we wanted to stretch it as far as we could. And so we went, and we met with the people, and we uh, decided on uh, the building. We were going to order, and uh, I was there talking with uh, one of the gentlemen that was kind of heading up the project, and he said, now we got to go get a soil sample. And I go, get get a soil sample? What for? He said, well, we got to make sure our dirt's good. He said, what do you mean if our dirt's good? We got dirt, dirt. You know, God made dirt and dirt don't hurt. It's all dirt. He said, no, we got we to make sure that our, our dirt is going to be sufficient for us to, uh, to build this building on. And it just really kind of blew my mind that we were going to have to do this. So we went, and uh, they had the, uh, the professional science people come and dig a little hole, and they took some of our dirt. lower no, our, our dirt wasn't good enough. You know, look, uh, they said, well, this dirt isn't going to be strong enough for us to support this building, so we're going to get some new dirt. And I was like, what do you mean this dirt ain't strong enough? This dirt has been holding up Fat Baptists for 125 years. It ought to be good and solid. But sure enough, we had to call somebody in, and we had to go and uh, them dig down and haul off many feet of, uh, of our no-good dirt and we had to spend $20,000 to bring in some of their good special God dirt that they had for our building. And it just really blew my mind, and it was hard for me to understand why we had to spend so much money on the right kind of dirt. But it kind of reminds us of a lesson that where Jesus is going to teach us this morning. It doesn't matter how beautiful the building may be on the outside. If it's built on a flimsy foundation, then one day it's going to crumble. So as we read these verses, we need to all search our hearts and ask ourselves, is our life built on the right foundation? So let's read in the book of Luke chapter 6. Let's begin with verse number 46. It says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep to lay a foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose, the streams broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and and does not do them It's like a man who builds a house on a ground without a foundation. When the stream broke, when the storm, when the stream broke against it, immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we so thank you for your word, Lord, and how it guides us. Lord, and I just pray, Lord, that as we just spend, Lord, these next few moments in these words, in uh, in this verse, Lord. Lord, I just pray, Lord, that uh, your words... That my words will be your words, Lord. That each and every one of us, Lord, will search our hearts to ask ourselves, Lord, what is our life built upon? Is it built upon the shaky sands of our ways of thinking, or is it built on the truth of the Word that you've given to us? In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Well, every good uh, every good sermon ends with an implication and an invitation. It ends with an application because it tells you of since these things that have been spoken to you are true, what does it mean for your life? Some people may say that as an application, but really it's reflecting on the message that you had just received. What sort of changes do you need to make for your life? And then it comes with an invitation. In other words, for each and every one of us to seek our hearts and to say what kind of changes do we need to make and committing in our heart to make those particular changes. Now every time we come into the house of the Lord and every time to which we gather together and even the times that you sit at home and you read your Bible, there's always the implication and there's always the invitation it may not mean uh, end with you coming down front and kneeling at the altar and making some kind of a rash uh, decision. But in each and every time that we encounter the Word of God, He pokes into our hearts and our lives, telling us that because these words are true, this is something that needs to be different in your life. This is something that needs to be different in my life. And in that, He extends an invitation. And I have to make a a decision right then and right there, and you have to make a decision right then and right there Are you going to follow in your life what he's called you to do? And that's the point that he's bringing to us in the Sermon on the Plain. And he ends this sermon on the plain with the same analogy and with the same story and with the same implication and with the same application and with the same implication to which he had in the Sermon on the Mount. And that he looked them straight In the eyes, and he says, You call me Lord, Lord, but if I am Lord, then why are you not following my words? Boy, didn't he just go straight to the point? Didn't he just lay it out there? A lot of you in this place will say to God, He's my Lord. A lot of us will go and we'll say these things that we believe about Jesus. A lot of times we'll go in our hearts and we'll put things on our shirts and we'll put things on our wrists and we'll put things on our social media and we'll put things on our, about the back of our cars to say that Christ, that Jesus is the Lord of my life. But Jesus wants to say, why is it that you give me the title of Lord of your life, but yet you do not do what I tell you to do? Because anyone who is Lord has dominion over what he is Lord of. And so if you are a king, you are Lord of the kingdom. And so everybody in that kingdom is subject to you, and if you speak a word of instruction to those people, then you obey those words or else. And if you don't obey the words of the king, then you wind up in the dungeon. You wind up with your head cut off. You wind up with some sort of punishment because the lord of an area demands the obedience. And a lot of us are proclaiming that Christ is lord of our lives, but yet we are not giving him lordship of our lives. We're simply giving him an advisory role. We're giving him a counseling role. We'll go in a particular situation, and we'll search the scriptures, or we'll ask someone, or we'll go to a season of prayer to say, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? And the Lord tells you and said, well, that sounds pretty good, but I think I'm going to do this instead. And so what Jesus is saying to us is that we have to make a decision in our hearts, and our life, that the summation of what God has spoken to us, the summation of what Christ has spoken to us in this message, as well as the entirety of the Word of God, is if you're going to call me Lord, then you are going to have to give me Lordship of your life. Either I am or I'm not. And so that's the implication. That's the invitation that he's given us. And so what he wants to do is he wants to drive this home with an illustration. He wants to drive this home with an illustration about building. He said, uh, you know, when a person builds, they make decisions. Because if a person builds, they have a certain budget of what they're going to build with. And they make decisions based on that budget. And that those decisions that they make reflect their priorities. And sometimes when we build, our priorities are out of whack. Sometimes we do things just for look, because I look at a lot of people, and they'll build all these nice big uh, new houses. And you see a lot of people, they'll be, build these big uh, houses now. And the big thing in the houses right now is they want them a nice big old kitchen. You know, you got the good big old kitchen with all this great ground countertops with all these stoves and microwaves and ovens and things like that. And you're sitting there looking at them. And it's like, well, exactly how much kitchen space does it take to heat a frozen pizza? All these people build in these big old, uh, big old kitchens, but they can't even cook. But then maybe we'll go, we'll build this big old inside house with all these rooms and all the living rooms and all the kitchen. And then we'll go on the side of that and we'll build us an outdoor living space. Have a nice big TV, got the little lounge chairs, got the little grill on the side. We live in Mississippi. I'm not going to be doing anything outside until about mid-October, all right? We don't need no outside living space, but the decisions that we make And building reflects something about us, and it reflects us about priorities. And what Jesus says to us in this analogy is that when I want to tell you what it means to obey, I want to tell you what it means for someone who makes a decision to follow my words. It's like someone who was building a house, and before he thought about the kitchen, Before he thought about the indoor living space, when he thought all about how far he wants the kids' rooms to be away from their room, he thought about the most important thing. He said, the first thing that I need to do before I build this house, before I spend money on anything else, I need to take the time and dig down deep. I need to dig down deep from all that worthless sand and all of that other face that wouldn't suffice, wouldn't hold up this building, and I need to dig down the rock, and I need to build a foundation. You see, too many times we get worried about the visible things, the things that are just pretty, the things that are just extra. And it's not just in other things that we make, in our lives, but it's in our walk with Jesus, is that we want to do the things that are visible, but yet we don't take the time to dig down deep. We don't take the time to do the things that are invisible, those things that are unseen, but yet those things make up the foundation of our relationship with Christ. All the time when we talked about Jesus talks about himself, or when the apostles talk about himself, we always hear these words about stability, about being a rock. Wasn't that what Jesus told Peter when he actually confessed him to be Jesus Christ, when he actually confessed him to be the Messiah? He says, you are right, and now I change your name to Peter, for on this rock I will build my church You see, our confession and our trust and our faith in Jesus Christ is a rock and it's a foundation. And when it holds, it's what holds things together. And so when we in faith live our life in obedience to those things, then we are actually building the solid rock foundation for the rest of our lives. But we don't take the time to dig down deep. How do we dig down deep and develop that foundation? Well, we've developed that foundation and we dig down deep when we spend time in his word, when we read those instructions and to find out what it is that we need to do. And when we commit ourselves to say, hey, here's how I'm going to live my life. When we spend that time Talking personally with God as He identifies areas in our life to which we need the change. that's us digging away. That's us throwing out that old sand of our life and developing it into the solid foundation of a life that is built on Christ. But a lot of us, are, as Christians, are lazy. Aren't we lazy? You know, we get to the church, walk in the back door. We get to the back row, and that's as far as we're going, huh? I'm not going to say anything about us uh, here on the front row because we came in from the back at Brotherhood, and I got to that front row, and that's as far as I went. But too many times we don't take the time to build our foundation, but instead we build our life on Christ, on what was already there. So I take the way that I used to live. I take the way that I used to think, and I just kind of Christianize it. I just kind of make it a little bit different. I kind of make some changes. I sort of clean up a little bit uh, areas. I don't take time to completely get rid of those old things, to get rid of those old ways of thinking, but I merely just sort of build on that old life into something that would be described as Christians. I don't take the time to dig down deep, and to completely get rid of those old ways of thinking that I used to have. I don't get rid of all those ways of the world that I've been taught all my life and allow God to dictate those things, but I just build on the old. But what God says, I want to tell you about a builder. I want to tell you about a builder who took the time to dig down deep, to get rid completely of the old ways of the world, and build solidly on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Because he wants to tell us this. This builder was smart. Because when you think about it, if you're going down the road, and he gets, gets us to look down the picture, he said, I want you just to just imagine this street. And I want you to imagine this street of all these houses. And all of these houses on the outside, from their physical appearance, look the same. And isn't that the way it is sometimes? I think about when I go to uh, to Wes's mama's house, and uh, we, uh, we had to go there before uh, I left for vacation because I had to drop something off at her house. And uh, she lives over there in one of those subdivisions out there by the airport. And uh, over the the past 20 years or so there, I've been there you know, dozens and dozens of times, but uh, needless to say, I've never driven there, but uh, I had to, uh, to give instructions about how we were going to get there. And even though I had been there so many times, and you would think that I would know the way, but it was still such a feeling of uncertainty because as you go through that neighborhood, all the houses look the same. All the roads look the same. And I can't tell the difference between one or the other, so it's hard to navigate. And what Jesus wants to say to us is that, hey, this guy took the time to, uh, to, to build, to set a solid foundation, but yet on the outside, just driving down the street, you couldn't tell the difference between him and anybody else. And what I think what Jesus would want us to challenge us to do is to look out at church on Sunday morning, and just look at the people, and it seems that we're all the same. It seems like we're all just kind of on the same, same level. It kind of all looks like we all got our act together. You know, we're still standing we're all singing the same songs we're all reading the scriptures we all know the answers and you really can't tell the difference between one of us and the other Us, you really can't tell exactly who has the genuine relationship with christ and who's just kind of faking it who's here because of a genuine concern for the lord and who's here because someone made them go you can't really tell a distinguishable difference between one of us and the other Until, until the storm comes. Even though we may all look the same, one day we'll all face a storm. Isn't that right? Just because you become a Christian doesn't mean that you're going to be exempt from the storm. As a matter of fact, when you become a believer in Jesus Christ, sometimes you face more storms, don't you? And so he says that someday the storm's going to come. And he doesn't say if, he says when. He said that one day a storm came. A storm came down there through that neighborhood. And the winds blew and the rains came. And the house that was built on the rock remained, but the ones who didn't take the time to build the foundation were blown away. What is Jesus talking about? He's talking about a time of judgment, and that was the sense of all of Jesus's invitations. It was the sense of all of his implication, is that we all have to prepare for a time of judgment. Doesn't matter if you're a believer, doesn't matter if you're non-believer, doesn't matter what color you are, doesn't matter how old you are, doesn't matter any of that. We all face the reality of an impending judgment. And I think that he wants us to think about two modes or two types of judgments the first thing I think he would want us to think about is a temporal judgment. In other words, a judgment that we may face here upon this life. What are those judgments? What are those storms? Well, we think about the storms of life. We think about those times where we may face a financial crisis, where we may face a job loss, where we may face someone who turns against us, where we may face a a separation where we may face anything that brings forth a storm in our hearts, and our life. And it's in those storms we find out the character of our faith. We find out that whether or not that we are actually believers and obeyers in the word of God, or if we're people who have just been sitting here in church our whole lives. There comes times in our life that sorts out the real from the fake. And Jesus would have all of us search our hearts and be ready and prepared for those times in our life that we live our life in obedience. So when those times come, we are able to stand. But sometimes those times come and we don't do very well, do we? Sometimes things come we're not prepared for. Sometimes things come that we think that Jesus wouldn't allow to happen in our life, and they throw us through a loop, and they kind of expose a weakness in our faith. And even though those times are difficult, you know, that's really God showing in his mercy, in his grace, that he would expose that weakness in our faith. So through that exposure he may strengthen us so that we would be ready for the next thing. And so you have to ask yourself the question this morning, are you ready for the storms? Is your life lived in the foundation of Jesus Christ? Are you living in obedience to his word? Or are you just simply reading Are you just simply sucking it in, but yet not applying it to it? Because the truth is, if you're not obeying the Word of God, then your time here on Sunday morning is doing nothing for you. If you're not obeying and you're not applying the Word of God, then your time before you go to sleep in the Word, or that time before you wake up, or before you, when you first wake up in the morning, is doing no good. The word of Christ, the word of God, is no good to you unless you are applying it in your life. So he wants us to think not only of those temporal temptations, but more—I mean, temporal um, storms. But more importantly, he wants us to think about the final judgment, because look at how he talks about that final house. That final house looked good. That final house thought it had everything together. That final house, everybody thought, was just like the other house. But then that final storm came, and that house was completely destroyed, and the scripture told us how great the loss you just think about how many people, how many people spend their whole life in church in some form or another. Some people just maybe doing the holidays. Some maybe once a month. Some maybe regular more attendance. Attendance. Maybe even some of them teaching Sunday school. Maybe even some of them preaching. Maybe even some of them leading the music. But you know what? They never gave their life in obedience to Jesus Christ. They never exercised the obedience to God's word in their life. They told other people about God's word. They told other people how to obey and those people obeyed. But for some reason, they didn't. And then came the storm, then came God's final judgment, then came that final trumpet, and then, and only then, did they realize they never, ever knew him. The storm is coming, and the question you have to ask yourself is, are you ready? And the way that we can know that we are ready, is for us to think about how we have built our life and how we have built our life in Christ. Have we just merely focused on appearance, doing the things that would create the appearance to the preacher or to the congregation that would say that, hey, this person has a relationship with God, this person has it all together, But are you someone who has actually dug down deep, removing from your heart and your life all the old, fragile ways of the world and dug deep to the anchor that is our faith in the work of Jesus Christ and built the rest of our life on it? Because that's what Christ wants us to do. He wants us to rid ourselves of the world and to put our faith and trust in Him in the work of the salvation that He's done in our hearts and our lives. And through our obedience to Him, build the rest of our life upon it. So the implication this morning is that the only way for Christ to be Lord of our life is for us to obey him. And so we must obey his words. And so the invitation is, are you going to decide to live your life in obedience? Or are you going to continue to live your life on the sand? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for the work of the cross, for the work that you did that we could not do, paying the debt that you did not owe, but yet the debt we could not pay. And Lord, I pray this morning, because of what you've done, Lord, we take hold of that of faith, and Lord, that we build our life on it and complete obedience to you. Lord, let us make you the Lord of our life this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing.